Knoxville Tower Information, Hotel 0553 Zulu, wind 35012, gust 19er, visibility 10, ceiling 4200 overcast, temperature 1, dew point minus 6, altimeter 3030. Arrival expect vectors are nav approach, landing in the partner runway 5 right. Notice Chairman, runway 5 left closed. What is going on, Aviation Nation, and welcome to the Pilot Pilot Podcast. My name is Justin, and I'm your host. Today, I'm going to be doing another Ask Me Anything. I've been crazy busy with flying and some other things that I just haven't let me record, and schedules haven't mixed up with people that I've tried to record with, so I want to go ahead and do this episode, so I'm at least posting something. A uh, little special thing, I am doing this on an actual flight, so I'm getting ready to pick up my clearance right now, and uh, let's get that, and we'll get back to the podcast. Good morning, Priority Air 08. We'd like to get an IFR to Bravo Juliet. Juliet. Priority Air 08, Nassau Tower, clear to Wayne County Airport. As filed, maintain 12000. Expect flight level 250 in 10 minutes. Departures on 121.2. Squawk 2574. All right, clear to Wayne County as filed. Climb to 12000, 250, 10 minutes after departure. 121.2, 2574. Predators area read back is correct. Advise ready on 121 I'm at 12,000. Make sure it's armed. Togo. Uh, Arm is good. 21.2. 2.5. file direct. Knoxville Predators 08. We have hotel at TAC Air ready taxi. Predators 08. Knoxville Tower runway 5 right taxi. We alpha. 5 right alpha. Predators 08. Predators 08. The wind right now is 0408. If you want 2 3 left, just let me know. Uh, we'll just take five right, I think so. Right. We are in Knoxville, Tennessee at Tyson McGee Airport. Uh, as you can tell, it's night. The winds are kind of gusty. It was a little bit of icing coming down on the way in. It was not the most fun approach I've ever done, but it worked out. Landed safely. Make sure you taxi on the center line, even though this is just a podcast and you guys cannot see where I am. <laughs> center line is key. I was always told that center line is professionals, and I was usually told that when I wasn't on center line. So, if you want to mess around with your flight instructor, someone you're flying with, just let them know when they're not on center line that center line is just for just for professionals. Just let them know that center line is just for professionals. All right, we're taxiing out to five right, as you heard, via Alpha. We're going to be departing pretty much straight out, uh, heading there zero two three. Go harding straight there, a little left turn. It's gonna be about an hour and a half to get there. The weather is kind of crappy, so I'm expecting to shoot an approach at Wayne County. And if that doesn't work, then we will go to Akron and I get to drive the crew car home. But you never want to do that. I'm expecting a little bit of ice when I climb out of here. It uh, was snowing a little bit earlier, but the snow's gone, so now there's just clouds, there's a couple holes, but. I do expect to get some ice, not too much, so it shouldn't be an issue. That was really bright. Friday air 08, wind 0209 air, proceed direct Wayne County, runway 5 right, clear for takeoff. Runway 5 right, cleared for takeoff, direct to Wayne County, Friday air 08. Friday air 08, your radar contact, the altitude leaving. Leaving 2000, Friday 08. Thank you. Friday air 08, contact Atlanta Center 133.6, we'll see you. 133.6, have a great day, Friday air 08. Center priority air 08.3, climbing 12,000. Priority air 8, Atlanta Center, climbing 10, follow with 230. 230, priority 8. All right, guys, we are above 10,000 feet above sterile cockpit rules. Um, 
One thing I want to go ahead and say, it was pretty cool, was when I was coming into land at Knoxville, the guy that was working tower approach, ground, all of it was combined here. He actually listened to the podcast, so when I landed, he goes, is this Justin? I was like, yeah, because I'm always a little bit weary to say my name over the frequency just because you don't know who's listening or the FA, what they're going to be doing. So I said, yeah, and he goes, hey, man, just want to say I love your podcast, great podcast, and all that kind of stuff. So that was really cool to hear. It's always cool to run into you guys, to talk to you guys, to read emails, just to see who you are and see you guys out in the aviation world doing your thing so if you ever see me make sure you reach out to me make sure you say something to me say hi because i would love to talk with you so yeah if you ever see me hear me talk to me hit me up i want to go ahead and say sorry for not having a podcast out last week last week was crazy flying has been crazy january's been a lot busier than i originally anticipated it was going to be so Bear with me as I might miss a couple weeks, but I'm going to make it up to you guys. I promise to get some some really great interviews here in the future. I'm working on some awesome ones. I had one set up for Sunday, getting ready to record. I've only flown probably two Sundays since I've had this job for the past two years, and I got a trip on Sunday, so I had to cancel that. That's why I don't have one for this week. Um, I got my trip was to Allegheny County in Pittsburgh to pick up one three-pound box and fly all the way to New Orleans. And a kicker is I had to fly down there at 14,000 feet because the winds were so bad up at altitude. So it saved me an hour and like 15 minutes to fly down at 14,000 feet, which is crazy. And then today, on today's flight, on the way down from Minneapolis-St. Paul to Knoxville, I had a 135-knot tailwind, which was just awesome. Anyways, guys, thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for your continual support as with this podcast and just with pilot the pilot in general i do have some awesome things in the plans so please 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 leave us a review on itunes or facebook or look at our patreon page patreon.com slash pilot the pilot we are just so thankful for your support even if you give a dollar five dollars twenty dollars whatever you give it just means a lot and it means a lot that you believe in pilot the pilot and what we can do and how we can help just any aviator whether they're just starting out whether they're um professional pilot just any way we can help people because that is the goal of pilot pilot to encourage and inspire aviators to continue or pursue flying so with your money that helps and i'm just so thankful for you guys uh, also make sure to check out our sponsors we have some great sponsors and we're looking for sponsors flying eyes sunglasses you can save 10 percent if you use our code pilot to pilot and the code is pilot number two pilot so it's pilot to pilot with the number two Use that on their website, flyingeyesoptics.com, and you can save 10%, which is awesome. Also, you can save 12 to 24% by going to redeem.lock10.com slash pilot to pilot, the best electronic logbook app that there is for iOS and for Mac. So go ahead and check them out and redeem.lock10.com slash pilot to pilot for that discount. We're also looking for other discounts, looking to part with other, any other companies. If you are a part of an aviation company, you want the word out for your product, you want the word out, hit me up and let me know. I'd love to share it with everyone. So just let me know about that. And once we cruise, we'll go ahead and get started with some of the questions that I had you guys ask me. We are currently climbing at 132 knots over the ground with a 71 knot quartering headwind. Yahoo! Priority 8, uh, climbing 10, follow up 250. 250, priority 8. Let's check out the weather at home right now. 32013, gusting 22, broken at 1500, overcast 21, light snow, five touch mile visibility. All right. My lucky day. Priority 8, contact Indy Center 124.62. 124.62, priority 8, good day. 
Center, good morning, Bradier 08218, comment 250. Bradier 08, Indy Center, good evening. Indy Center, FedEx 1045370. FedEx 1045, Indy Center, good evening. Clear, direct, Gordonsville. Clear, direct, Gordonsville, FedEx 1004. All right, AV Nation, we are leveled out. We are cruising right now. Foxtrot Uniform, Bravo, Romeo, Romeo. Director Fubar, FedEx 1004, Foxtrot Uniform, Bravo, Romeo, Romeo. All right, AV Nation, we are leveled at 250. Do remember that I am talking to ATC while this podcast is going on, so if I get interrupted or anything, that is why. Let's go and start it out. This first question is from Colin underscore... O'Brien underscore, and he asked, if you did your flight training all over again from zero hours, what would you do? I would do a lot of stuff the same. Um, if I could do everything all over again, I would try to get some training done while I was in high school. I would try to tell myself that, hey, NFL is not going to work out. Professional sports isn't going to work out. Go ahead and start doing this early. Try to get those ratings and hours knocked out before you get to college. Just because in college, you have a lot going on with me. It was sports. It was school. It was hanging out with friends, with my girlfriend at the time, now wife. It was just a lot going on and a lot to manage, which is good because it teaches you about how to handle adversity and how to plan and how to manage your time. But it could also have sped up my training if I would have knocked out my private or my instrument or my commercial down in North Carolina. Uh, one of the main things I would probably do is I would have gone and gotten my tailwear rating first. I've just heard nothing but good things about getting your tailwear rating. Um, by the time I went with Airwood Aviation in Charlotte, they had a tailwheel. I had my private, but I was just looking to get my time and as cheap as possible, and that was not. And adding a tailwheel at the time didn't really sound like the best idea for my training, so I did not do that. So I think overall I would start in a tailwheel, really, really, really understand and narrow or get my uh, stick and rudder skills down to the best of their ability, so I think that'd be the best. Uh, next question is from underscore Joshua underscore Anderson. He goes, where did you get your flight training done in Charlotte? And I went, like I said, I went to Airwood Aviation out of Echo, Quebec, Yankee, which is in Monroe, North Carolina, just south of Charlotte, and it's underneath the Bravo. It's a great place to get your work done. Uh, it's probably my favorite flight school I've ever done any training at, so I'd highly, highly, highly recommend that. 499 in the center. Good evening. Traffic's uh, about 9 o'clock, 2 5 miles northeast from Pilatus, called 250. That's me. Proudier 8. Traffic's at about 2 to 3 o'clock, 3 miles northwest, 120 at 5 level 260. Looking for the traffic. Proudier 8. All right, we're looking for the traffic scanning. Don't see him right now. All right, so answer that question. Yeah, Airwood Aviation, the best flight school there now, our serious flight school, and they also have tail wheels, they have Aeros, they have a uh, Seneca 2 for multi, a lot of 172, so a great place. All right, this one is from Love Daisy 16 Hey there, I'm 14, going on 15 years old. I'm thinking about starting flight lessons in the next year or two. My question is, what are the things I could be doing now to give me a head start? Until then, thanks so much and keep up the great work. First off, thank you for saying that I do great work. Uh, it's a lot of fun to do the podcast, and I appreciate that. Uh, you're 14 going on 15. I would say just to, to learn, just to get as much information as you can. You know, read some books about aviation, not necessarily about a type of plane you're going to fly. Uh, I mean, you're most likely going to be flying a 172, 152, so you could, if you really wanted to, read like a POH of a 152, 172, the plane you know you're going to be doing your training in. Um, I would just recommend any book. Uh, watch Stevie One Caneva's Flight Vlogs. 
watch Premier Driver, watch Baron Pilot, watch anyone on YouTube, learn from them, watch Pilot Vlogs, just understand what it's like to be in this career, listen to the podcast, and just truly know what you're getting yourself into so you don't have any surprises. Um, I mean, go out to the airport, make some contacts, maybe go work at line service. I don't know if you have to be 16 or not, but just go hang out at the airport. When I was talking with Fly with Mike, my last episode where I interviewed someone, he said that he was known as a kid behind the fences because he was always at the airport, always there. So people knew who he was and it helped him gain some opportunities to go flying later. So I'd highly recommend hanging out at the airport, just talk to people, figure out what you want to do, get to know the instructors, the owners, the flight schools, and I'll help you out in the future. All right, here's one from Sam Miller. Hey, man, my name is Sam Miller. I'm a big fan of your podcast. I'm going to be attending ATV Flight School in Atlanta in February and was wondering if you had any advice for me as I start my aviation career. Anything would be helpful. I'm new to the aviation community. Sam, congratulations on starting your flight school. ATP, is, I don't honestly know much about ATP. I did do a podcast with Emily, and she kind of talked about ATP and what the process is like, but I know that they can get you done fast. So be prepared to study. I know that some people can get left behind in that program if they don't study. So I'd say something that you can learn is just a, how to self-study. Because at ATP, I know that you do need to self-study a lot. So make sure you know how to self-study. Also, make sure that you understand that there are going to be a lot of things that happen in your career. It's not going to, it might not happen as you have planned. Right now, all the airlines and everyone pays well. By the time you're done, there's a chance that the airlines won't be paying well. So don't be discouraged by that. Make sure you're doing this job for the love of aviation and not for money. All right, this one is from MK. He goes, describe an instance in which ATC directly put you in a bad situation or completely saved your day. I have two of these. So I have one that's good and one that's bad. The bad one I'll do, I was flying from somewhere in New York and I was flying back home. And it's a straight shot west and we fly over New York, over Pennsylvania, and then we land back at home up in the Cleveland area. And there was a huge line of thunderstorms. I had to cross this line already two times today, so this is my third time. And I was talking with ATC, I was talking to Washington Center, and they just were not very happy because just Washington Center sometimes is like that and they were under a lot of pressure there's a lot of weather going on a lot of people asking for deviations the last thing they wanted to worry about was a little Pilatus flying at 270 trying to make find a hole so I found a hole and I wanted to go towards that hole I started uh, talking to ATC I was like hey I see a hole I would like to request this blah 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 vector I don't remember what it was say because I was flying straight south they had me fly all the way south of Washington DC to get to the southern part of the of the weather so it took me a good like 100 miles out of the way maybe even more than that added on at least an hour of flight so I knew that cutting this corner would be crucial and it would save a lot of money on fuel for my company so I found a hole that I could cut through um, the guy started getting nasty with me and he kind of yelled at me he was saying priority air this that no one has been no one's flying within 100 miles of there like i cannot let you go fly there when i know that there's thunderstorms there and we have nexrad on here we have xm weather we also have onboard radar i knew that there wasn't a thunderstorm there i knew that there wasn't any cells there so i was like hey dude uh I was like, hey, I know that there's weather around the area, but I know I do see a hole. I would like to go try that, and I would just like to at least fly there and see it. And I turned right, I eventually convinced him, and he said, okay, you're doing, like, pretty much you're doing this at your own risk, and kind of make me look like I take risks and I look like an idiot on the radio. So I didn't really appreciate that, but I turned right. I uh, was able to cut through the storm. There was no storms at the altitude. I flew right over the weather, and I was straight shot back home, so I was able to save a lot of... 10-04, contact in D-Center, 
was able to save a lot of time. FedEx 10 The time that they saved me was when I was training for my private pilot license. I was flying solo, I think it was a solo cross country, and I was calling in a tower. I told the story before, but there's a diamond also in the area. I wasn't talking in practice here. We both, I called in, and then he called in right after me. The tower goes, hey, Cessna, blah, blah, blah. Make a 360, there's another plane that is right in your area. So I made a left 360, and as soon as I made a left 360, I looked up and I saw the diamond, and he was probably 100 feet above me and to my left. So if it wasn't for him, I don't. he might have descended down on me. A lot of things could have happened, so he definitely saved me there. And that wasn't really my fault at all or the other guy's fault. I mean, you should always talk in the traffic pattern, and you should always pronounce where you are. But it was just kind of one of those things. Priority air 08, contact the center 124.57. Good day. 124.57, have a good day, priority 08. Center priority air 08250. Priority air 08, Indy, Roger. It was just one of those things that's kind of right place, right time, wrong place, right time. So I was, I was very thankful that he was there. He, uh, the Columbus, Ohio, or the OSU Airport actually doesn't have radar. They borrow the radar from the Charlie, so I was very thankful for that because it probably saved my life. All right, here's one from Jimmy21. What are some of the biggest things that you aren't told during training about working as a professional pilot? What are the ups and downs about flying for a living that you may not really think about while going through training? Um, let's see. What are some of the biggest things that you aren't told during training? I would say that people can kind of pull your leg a little bit out flying. Not everyone. Some people are very honest and very truthful, but some people maybe they don't really enjoy what they're doing, but they put on a show. They act like that they like flying. So it could be whether you are going to a flight school and you want to check out their maintenance department or you want to you're going to work as a flight instructor. The owner or the guy you're talking to hey, might be pulling your leg a little bit. Sir, good morning, Mr. Mexico 623, level 380. They might kind of be a little bit of a shady operation and tell you that they're not or tell you that their maintenance is perfect, but they've really had all these issues before. I know that there's plenty of charter companies out there that have promised guys that they could fly here, but they need to do this, this, and this, and you spend a, you end up spending a ton of money. But at the end of the day, they don't get you that job. And so you're out another five, ten grand after you're already probably 100 grand in debt from flying. So just be careful when you're looking for jobs. Be careful that don't, you don't, you're not over-promised anything because that does happen in pretty much in every job. I mean, it's hard not to. They don't, a lot of companies don't do it on purpose. Things do happen. And at the end of the day, it's just kind of how the aviation industry is right now. But there are some companies that are more notorious than others. What are some of the ups and downs about flying for a living? Um, I can speak directly toward freight. Some of the ups and downs are just every flight's different. I mean, you know that from your training. Every landing's different. Every flight's different. It's just learning how to flight manage. It's learning how to, to manage the risks of flying and learning how to make take control of your cockpit and make sure you focus solely on flying the airplane when you have to. There are going to be instances when maybe turbulence is really bad, knocks off your autopilot, and you're all over the place, and you have ATC yelling at you, you're picking up ice, the number one thing you need to do in that situation is fly the airplane. Also, flying at night can be kind of hard. It's kind of hard to get used to that, and learning how to get sleep when you have to. You know, you have to tell your friends you can't hang out, you can't go out the night before. Sometimes you got to wake up early at 3 so you can go fly. It's learning to be professional with your career, and like we said before, 
you are your own CEO. So if you wake up early, you make sure you're on time, and you have a successful flight, people are going to remember that. And if you mess up and you wake up with you're not clean shaved and you look like you just woke up and you have bags under your eyes and maybe you're not wearing your tie or maybe you're not wearing what you should be wearing, people will, will remember that. And do remember that as a small aviation community. And if you make one person upset, then that could affect you down the road. You never know. Right here, what is, this one is fly with Alex with two X's. What was your biggest challenge becoming a pilot and how did you overcome it? I would say my biggest challenge in being a pilot was being consistent and showing up to go fly. I had, as you, I've said before, just had a lot going on in college and I couldn't dedicate all my time to flying. Um, so time management is probably one of the biggest things that I had to figure out and how to maximize my time. I would also say that I hated stalls and spins. I never wanted to do them. I was afraid of power on stalls for some reason. I just always thought that I was gonna get into a spin. And I would say overcoming stalls and spins are probably one of my least favorite things that I had to do. It was actually not until really my commercial training where I finally got over kind of, not necessarily a fear of stalls, but just kind of how stalls just are a part of flying and it's important to, to know how the plane reacts in those situations. All right, here is the last one from you guys. It is from J.D. Bray. As a student pilot at North Dakota, we learn about a lot of technical things, but we don't go into a lot of things that are more practical. Could you give us three things as student pilots we won't be taught in ground school or by the CFI? Thanks for all the great podcasts. Blue, squad, blue skies. All right, that is a really good question and one that I probably had to think about. Um, Three things that you don't learn from a CFI or ground school. Um, I'd say one thing that you're not taught in ground school that is an important feature or important to know is how to live life on the road, how to request a crew car, how to request fuel, how to talk to the line service, how to know, how to find the cheapest fuel price, how to really understand what to do on the road to really maximize your time, how to read the weather, how to know when you need to call ahead for a hangar to put your plane in the hangar, if there's a thunderstorm, if there's ice, if there's just some high winds or something that you want to go and put it in. You're not, I wasn't really taught that when I was going through flying, so I wasn't really, that was kind of a surprise for me, and I kind of, I figured it out, and I, and I just kind of common sense, but I feel like some people might not really think about that. So say after I'm flying, I just landed on a nice 10-hour day, and I'm tired, and I go to sleep. It's important for me to check the weather to make sure that there's no big thunderstorms that are coming through, or maybe just ask if they have hangar space and just warn my company that, hey, there might be a thunderstorm coming through. You might want to be interested in going to hangar space because I'm really the person on the ground, so I know exactly what's going on here if I know if it's bad enough to put it in. And it's always best to do that before it gets to the point where you actually need to have your plane in the actual hangar. Let's see, two more. This is a hard question. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily taught in, this should be taught in flight schools, and that is how you increase the throttle. Whenever I see someone jam the throttle and shove it up as fast as possible, that scares me more than anything else. That is so rough on the engine. That is so hard on the engine. You need to treat that engine like you would treat 
your mom or your grandma or your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your husband, whatever. You need to be so nice to that, so delicate to it. Now, don't be afraid to add power when you have to have power, but nine times out of 10, you need to insert that power very smoothly, very quick, not, sorry. You need to insert that power very smoothly and do not rush it in there because that is kind of shocking the airplane. And I know that there are people listening to this be like, well, you can't really shock cool an airplane and all that kind of stuff. There's, there's no need for you to put that kind of stress in the airplane and just the increase in temperatures and the decrease in temperatures do wear in the airplane and I promise you that your TBO and that the person that you are flying with or the company you're flying forward greatly appreciate that you do not increase the throttle as fast as you can on takeoff or any situation. Obviously if it's an emergency you have to do what you have to do but that is one thing I think that maybe isn't taught for everyone. Number three. Let me think. What could number three be? I would honestly say that with new pilots coming up, especially you go to a big school like North Dakota, or you go to Purdue, or you go to some fancy flight school that has brand new 172s with glass cockpits, I would strongly, strongly, strongly tell you to not use a glass cockpit and try to use a six-pack if you can. I know that there's going to be a time and a date. I talked about it with someone else. It might have been Daniel Baker. It says that for the FlightAware CEO that there's going to be a time where there's going to be a, a rating just for flying a six-pack because everything's going to be glass cockpit. But there are also going to be people that don't want to be don't want to spend the money on glass cockpit. So there might be a day where you get offered to fly a King Air, but it's a six-pack, and they want you to have 500 hours of six-pack time or just be familiar with a six-pack, and you don't have that. So make sure you have that training, have that knowledge of the six-pack. One thing going on that too is as you further in your career you're gonna get more automation. And it's important that when things start going crazy, to tone down that automation, to fly the airplane, like I said earlier today, but to really trust in your skills and don't let the don't let the airplane tell you what to do. You tell the airplane what to do. So really understand what that automation is gonna have you do and kind of understand what's going on. You know, always be one step ahead of the airplane and that can be harder when you're moving in a bigger and faster airplanes, especially in your first couple hundred hours because you're kind of new to the plane, you know what's going on, but you, your head might be other place. You might be like plugging this in the FMS, but you're thinking about the weather, you're thinking about the winds, or maybe you're stressed out that day and you haven't really, maybe you shouldn't really be flying and you're, you just need to focus on flying the airplane. That is the most important thing that you can do and focus on what is going on. If the plane starts doing something that you don't want it to do, turn the autopilot off, hand fly it. That's all you need to do and that will help you out in so many ways. Aviation, that is the Ask Me Anything podcast, too. I hope you did enjoy that. If you want to go ahead and ask me more questions or have me do this again, please email me at pilotpilothq at gmail.com. Uh, like I said earlier, if you like this episode or if you just like the podcast in general, please share it with all your friends. Let them know that you listen to the Pilot to Pilot podcast. Let your flight school know. Let your instructors know. Let your examiner know when you're in your private pilot check credit. I don't know what you want to do, but just let everyone know. We need everyone to listen to this podcast to help to encourage and inspire them to get them to aviation. If you want to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash pilot to pilot. Also, if you heard in the earlier ones, we do have some discounts that you guys can go grab, so make sure you head to those websites. Speaking of websites, head to our website, pilot to pilot hq.com. Currently working with Kalashok to make 2.0, and you guys do not want to miss out on that. Uh, if you'd like to be on the podcast, email me. Let me know, guys. I appreciate you listening to this episode, taking the time out of your busy day. Thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed this podcast from the plane at flight level 250. Sorry if the microphone's a little bit crazy or the, pipe, the peas are popping. 
It is with my Bose A20. Shout out to Bose. Aviation, that is it. Happy flying and blue skies. See you guys.